connected to the land with Four Rivers Equipment and John Deere. Welcome to the Four Rivers Podcast. We are your working partner and we mean it. This is going to be a really fun podcast and you'll see what I mean once you meet who I'm talking with today. I am with Danelle of Kalsovic Farms. Did I say that right? Kalsovic. Kalsovic. Kalsovic Farms and Danelle. You are just a bundle of fun. Like, you walked in here, and I'm like, this lady is amazing. And, oh, thank you, know, you, Fred. Your, Thanks. Your background is just as fascinating. Like, fifth-generation farmer, I want you to, to let's give people a little bit of a background on you, your family, the farm, and the stuff that I know is impressive. You're a fifth-generation farm, right? Correct. That's amazing. And right now is... Is this right? You have three different generations working on the farm right now. Correct. Correct. Yeah, we're we're so fortunate. Um, so Kalsovic Farms, um, the the story just in a nutshell goes that they started farming in about 1898. My husband's great grandfather immigrated from Croatia, comes over here, works in Globeville, starts farming. In 1952, they moved to what we like to call the world headquarters in Bennett, <laughs> Colorado, um, and that kind of have a main facility there, and then bought some additional ground out east in Last Chance, Colorado in 1983, and the generations have just moved in and through. Kent's father and his brother, Jim and Johnny, both still alive and active and they don't necessarily drive equipment or farm these days but they sit on the board of directors and we have a monthly board meeting that they attend and then Kent and his cousin um, who are fourth generation are actively managing and then our daughters and some of Jeff's daughters as well are working on the farm actively as fifth generation. That is so cool and now do you mind sharing just to give people a little bit of an idea, approximately how many people work at Calcific Farms and, and different, you know, aspects of the farm? Sure. We average during the full time of the year about 18 people full time. And then during those summer peak seasons, our wheat harvest, we might jump up to about 25. Um, but we try to maintain a steady group of about 18. That's and pretty incredible. Yeah, it works really well. And if you can keep that group consistent and really train and work with people. And we have been so blessed, Fred. We have people 26 years. Um, one of our guys has been there and a guy that started three months ago. So we have everything in between and from ages of like 15 when some of the summer helps come to pull rye all the way to um, Johnny who's 82. How cool is that? It's See, well, great. and when you have five generations, you can have things like that. That's what's incredible yeah. that you've you obviously must have a really good operation to keep people that long as well. I mean, one, it's hard to find people that want to work. You know, in today's right. age, that's a whole nother. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but it's really neat that you've had some people that have been connected uh, to Calcific Farms for that long. I love that. Yeah, and it's really cool, Fred, too, because it's been everything from people we went to high school with. Kent and I had another couple that worked with us. We went to high school together, and they worked for us for a long time. And then my dad has come in and out, um, other cousins, other family members, friends. Um, and you make it part of the family, right? When you when you bring people in, if you can embrace them and bring them on as a family person, it, it really changes the culture and the dynamics on the farm. Well, I really appreciate you coming in. I wanted people to get a feel um, for the operation because in talking with Four Rivers, who we both work with, um, they really bragged you guys up. They said, you know, we work with a lot of amazing people, but these guys have a corporation and they're like 
business people that are also farmers. So they were really they were really highly complimentary. So I appreciate you coming in because I, I've got to give people one other thing about you. When I ask about your hobbies, you have to understand these guys are not only hardcore farmers, but they're just hardcore people because <laughs> I'm like, what do you like to do? She's like, well, rock climbing. I like, you know, taking a, a razor straight up the mountain and, you know, when you're hanging on it to keep it from flipping, well, that's perfect. And so, you know, you guys, you know, also water ski professionally. Uh, uh, competitively. Competitively. Yeah. Competitive. Well, that's kind of uh, professional. We never made it to the professional side. Okay. No. <laughs> that's where they pay you. We paid them to ski. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But that tells me, and I think everybody listening right now, a little bit about you, your husband, and and you guys' operation. You know what I mean? You know, it, the whole the whole crew there is uh, is obviously pretty intense, and. The topic we're going to talk about is a little bit intense because it's going to be about safety on the road and the field and the yard. Um, if you don't mind, besides being, of course, one of the owners, um, what is your position? What pos- do you have a, like a title or like a, you know, a position? I do, actually, Fred. Um, so my title at Castlevic Farms is office manager and safety director. Um, that office manager piece comes with some different um, levels. I manage our HR, so payroll, hiring, um, onboarding, um, making sure benefits. Uh, we offer some great benefits at Calcivic Farms, so I manage that side of it when we bring people on. I also work with our energies, so fuel, uh, inventories, procurement, making sure we've got stuff to put in the tractors and the <laughs> trucks. Um, and in that today's environment, that's very competitive and very challenging. Um, I also handle all of our property casualty, so things from uh, are we insured, do we have vehicle coverage, do we have property coverages, do we have things insured properly. If there is an accident, um, then I manage all of that side of it from a workman's comp standpoint. And as we talk about safety, I think having a great partner with your workman comp and your insurance is really critical. Um, So I manage all those facets, and that means everything from if there's an accident, how do we make sure our employees are taken care of and our vehicles are taken care of, to do we have toilet paper in the bathrooms? So it's a wide gamut, um, and we have this other little thing when you're hired called other duties as assigned. So yesterday I'm pulling rye, and today I get to talk to you, (laughs) and this afternoon I'll be in a manager's meeting, and we like to make sure you're, you know, multifaceted. So you wear a lot of hats. A lot Just of hats. And with the HR, like, you'd be the person I had to talk to if I told a bad joke. Yeah, maybe yeah, so. Yeah, you may like, I'd have to give you a timeout. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, with as large as your operation is, many people that you have, people come in and out. They're getting on different equipment, um, maybe some of it equipment that they're not familiar with. There's so many facets to this. But let's break it down a little bit and talk to me a little bit about how you approach safety, um, from when an employee is first hired to, you know, what you guys do? Do you have a safety meeting every day, weekly, monthly? Um, I guess help help people out, not only myself, but also anybody else that's listening that goes, wow, that might be a really good idea to implement at my farm, um, at my ranch, at my business. And, and I think, so Fred, a big key component. Um, as, the, as the management team, you want to set a culture. Safety isn't just... Make sure you climb on that tractor properly. Make sure you get off and do the right thing. It's a culture. How do we instill that from the day you walk onto the place and you see we're going to park a certain way, we're going to back up a certain way, we're going to show you here are the steps and the expectations. And I think setting a safety expectation right off the bat when somebody's hired, um, when you're going to onboard with me, if you were starting your first day at Calcivic Farms, 
we're going to sit down and we have a safety check sheet. And I'm going to say, we want to make sure you understand all of these things clearly. This is how you report an accident. We're not going to tell you to hide it. We're not going to tell you to not report it. This is our reporting process, and we have a process in place for that. We're going to say, here are safety things we practice here. We park like this. We want you to walk this way. We want you to park, you know, drive around in a circle. And we try to set that up with a piece of paper process right off the bat. So somebody goes, oh, that's why the trucks are always driving the same way. <laughs> oh, that's where the, the earplugs are and the safety glasses. And, and just having a, pr- a good process was something that I got to do when I first started at the farm. Because we didn't have a, a, a process or a, a component of safety when I started 20 years ago. And, and now our team doesn't, doesn't have any idea to not do it that way. And when you get a new person coming on, setting that expectation and setting the safety culture right off the bat, they, then they know what's expected. Um, we do have, we have, we're going to have a verbal warning. We're going to have a written warning. We're going to, you know, say you might be taking some time off. I've never had to go beyond a verbal warning with anybody. Oh, wow. Um, but again, I think just saying, here's, here's where everything is. Here's where fire extinguishers are. Here's where your safety glasses are. And then that expectation of here's how we do it. And now we have people that have been on there for so long. When you're new, you see that Jess does it a certain way. And you go, oh, well, that's how they do it here. And nice. so I think it's really important to set a culture and then your management team also needs to practice that and making sure they're setting those examples is a really, really key component. So communication, expectations, like any relationship, you know, a lot of it's expectations and communication. So we have a thing at the farm, we call it CES. And when you come onto the farm, it's communication, empowerment, and support. And we have that on the back of some of our shirts and we talk about it a lot, that if I communicate with you what I want done and I empower you to do that, I'm going to support how you are are managing that. So if we can keep that loop going all the time and have CES constantly, it creates a culture of safety. That's awesome. Now, just out of curiosity, what do you consider uh, to be a reportable? Uh, is it, you know, I ran over a spike and I have a flat tire? Is it I scratched the bumper? I guess I'm just curious at what, you know, and if I'm a brand new employee and I say, well, you know, okay, what do I need to report? How, 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 close to you break that or where do you make that break like okay if you did this you know you take a chunk out of the tire you scratch the bumper uh you broke a window you know what, what's your what's your basis Seems to me those would be maintenance items i mean that stuff's gonna happen right yes, we're ma'am. gonna have those kinds of things on the farm for me when i'm onboarding somebody you're you're stepping off of a tractor i'm gonna talk about three points of contact um being at the top ladder of your tractor and jumping down to the ground because it's faster is probably not going to be the safest <laughs> thing to do. We're going to want you to use three points when you're climbing up. I'm going to have two hands on and a foot. I'm always going to be three points of contact when I'm on the machinery. You uh, you s- slip coming down the ladder and you, you twist your ankle. Well, you don't think it's broke. Um, I, I'm going to be tough. I can work through this. <laughs> My, I, I tell them, just tell me it happened. Let me at least write it on a piece of paper on this date. You twisted your ankle. You you don't feel like you need to go to the doctor now, but maybe in three days you do. At least I know when it happened, where it happened, and how it happened. And we try to really create, again, that culture of not being, I'm not going to be mad at you. I want you to tell me because I care about you and we want to take care of you. And then if we need to get you to a doctor, we will. Um, we've got a, a designated providers that we use for medical treatment. And I'm going to make sure you get to a doctor, you get checked out, and we're going to get things taken care of. 
cuts, scrapes, scratches, that's a big one. We have safety meetings on that at least once a year where we do, um, what happens if you do slice your arm on the barbed wire fence or you cut it on a piece of equipment? Again, tell Did you me have a tetanus happened. shot? Right. right. <laughs> um, we have safety kits in every one of our vehicles. We've got safety kits in the shop. Um, we're going to have band-aids. We're gonna have, but just tell me. Um, it, it's kind of like with your kids, right? Don't, t- don't not tell me because you're afraid I might be mad. Tell me so I'm not going to be mad um, is kind of that, that precedence. E- equipment as well. We do have some things where, oh, I backed into a something and bent the bumper. From an insurance side, we're going to want to know about that. But to me, that's more maintenance. It's not life-threatening. Somebody's not injured. Um, for myself, my safety focus is really our people. Uh, the people more than the yeah, equipment. Yeah, you, you twisted your wrist when you were trying to loosen some bolts on a tire. Um that, I'm going to want to know about that because I want you to stay healthy. I want you to stay functioning. I want your family to know you're okay, and I want you to know you're okay. Um, and it, it's worked really, really well. Um, and, again, creating an environment of it's you're not in trouble. You're in trouble if you don't tell me. Right. Then I get really <laughs> mad. The guy's like, uh, forgot to tell you. I cut my head open. <laughs> you know, you'll see a guy a couple days later with this big gash on his head, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, for me, that's a big part of safety. But w- we really try to make it an open and com- easy communication. Right. That's So, again, it kind of boils back to the to the communication and figuring out what's going on. What's the most common thing you've seen? Like if you were to say, Fred, you know, this is one thing, th- this is the most common thing. Because you ran through a couple great scenarios there. But if you were to say, you know, if this is one thing that we go back and retrain people on, or this is one thing that we see a lot. Is it, you know, we live in Colorado, there's snow, there's ice. Is it the slipping? Is it, uh, is it changing tires? Is it, you know, what's, you know, Bob wire cuts that happens all the time. So right. tetanus shots, you know what I mean? To me are, are super important because we're always getting cut by wire, but I guess for your operation, which would probably hold true with most, um, what do you see? So I'm going to pick on this time of the year right now. We are seeing such extreme heat. Number one, I cannot get guys to drink enough water. Heat exhaustion, um, heat stroke, sunburn, and bug bites. If I can, I preach, preach, preach. Put on your sunscreen, take your water, take your water, take your water. Um, and in Colorado, that's true no matter what. Dehydration right. is a huge, they, they're getting headaches. Guys like, oh, I have a bad t- headache. I'm like, how much water have you had today? Um, a sip. I had coffee. <laughs> I'm like, mm, no, it doesn't count. Yep. Um, so water. I think a big one right now for, you know, picking on our current time frame um, <clears throat> is, is that is uh, no matter what time of the year in Colorado, drink more water. Iced tea doesn't count. That's not it. A tea. Um, you need to really be drinking and hydrating. So we've got quite a bit of places on the farm. We've got a water fountain in the shop. We've got w- special water in the office, um, a deep rock type of a thing that's hooked up. The water is very good. Um, ice machine, bottled waters, just trying to keep guys hydrated is a big one. That makes um, a ton of sense. And when you're farming, it's hot. It's I mean, hot. you know what I mean? They know the old the old saying, make hay when the sun shines. There's a <laughs> reason. Right. That's out there. And, and sunburns, like you say, are, are debilitating. I mean, they can, they can make somebody stop working. Really, really quickly. So we, we try to keep in our safety kits. Everybody's got a sunscreen. We throw an extra bottle of water. Um, during our harvest seasons and even now with planting and stuff, we have a cooler that goes in the back of their service wagons. They can walk into the, we have a little place we call it the South Kitchen. It's kind of an employee area. We put an ice machine in there and they can fill coolers or water jugs and um, just really preaching hydration is a big one. And our other one, again, slips, trips, 
uh, ankles. Ankles and wrists are probably the two biggest. Um, you're cranking on a big, huge wrench and you slip. <laughs> the wrench weighs, you know, 10 pounds and it's going to fall wrench. on your, yeah. <laughs> um, so those are probably the most common. We've had some serious ones. Uh, like eight years ago, we had a guy was washing windows on his tractor and fell oh. and hit, you know, bounced three times before he hit the ground and laid on the ground for we don't know how long. And he was finally able to crawl back to the cab to his cell phone because he left his phone in the cab, did not drop it. Um, so anyway, we, we did have, we've had a couple over the years of, of fairly serious. But again, a key component, we've got um, two-way radios in each, p- every piece of equipment. So they can either two-way radio um, if they don't have service. Because there's lots of places where we work, you don't have self-service. Right. No matter who the carrier is, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um so having two ways in, in every piece of equipment has been really important. So they can get on a two-way handheld and reach. Uh, it bounces off of Lookout Mountain, and you're going to be able to, hey, SOS, I'm, I'm on the ground, I need help, or um, is, a, is one thing. Um, another piece of that is also technology that we're using. I'm totally diving off, Fred. Um, <laughs> I love it. The technology <laughs> side, um, and again, we'll talk some more, but... We can pull up on an iPad and say, "Oh, this guy's still running. His machine's going. He's safe. He's. I can right. see him can going see back moving. and forth. You know, using the the John Deere Ops Center, we can see who's where, working where, and what piece of equipment. If that tractor is sitting and not moving for a certain amount of a time, we get an alert. If it goes out of a geo boundary, we get an alert. Um, it's eleven o'clock at night, and I know guys were planting, and are they safe back at the shop yet? Uh, hmm." I see yeah, Alex. Did somebody fall asleep? Yeah, are, are they, did, they, did they go off in a ditch? Why are they in that other field? They're right. not supposed yeah. to be there. Or they <laughs> crossways. Right, you're like, the oh, crap. But, but it's really given us through the technology piece to be able to pull up on your iPad and, and literally Kent can be at home and say, oh, man, he is not out of his tractor yet. He worked until 1 o'clock in the morning planting Milo. That guy needs a raise. Yeah, yeah they all want that. Well, come on, Fred. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> we're going to give him an attaboy. <laughs> um, but, but no, we're super fortunate to be able to tie a lot of different components to safety, um, whether that's through the technology, through a culture, um, and then just some, some other things we'll touch on in the yards and stuff. But um, it's, it's super important to be able to know where your people at. Are they okay? Are they taken care of? And again, I, I would say that's partly why we have the longevity we have with people. And, and I don't know of any other industry you can get people to work these kind of hours for the wages they make and, and do an incredible, incredible job. Um, you got to love where you work. Yeah, you gotta and you got to love who you work with. No, that's true. You know, so I think Makes some of those easier. things trying to really tie all that together is important. And and the safety. I don't want to see one of my daughters get hurt or my husband or my cousins or, or anybody. And so I think trying to really make sure people are taken care of and they're safe and they know what, what is expected and how to do it, it is part of that whole thing. So... Anyway, and no, I love it. No, the and the, the I totally digressed. <laughs> no, I love it. But you know, like you said, bringing in the technology, helping with you know a lot of that is is huge. And you also touched on something that I wanted to to circle back to on communication with like the workers' comp insurance and and insurance people. Talk to me a little bit about that because when you said that, I thought, hmm, of course I have workers' comp and I have insurance, but I don't really know the people I work with. I guess talk to me a little bit about what you guys have done there. And also, I'm guessing this is kind of a two-part question. 
I'm guessing in five generations, the farm was not always, uh, didn't always have an HR manager, for example. <laughs> I guarantee you're laughing. So I'm assuming I'm hitting, uh, I'm right on there. And I'm assuming they also didn't probably have all the safety. I mean, you guys started back in the 1800s. So, you know, the old days of, you know, I'll rub some dirt on it. You'll be right. okay. <laughs> when did some of those things start to get implemented, you know, at Calcific Farms? So, so talk to me about those two things, the communication with insurance people uh, as, and the workers' comp stuff. And then as well, when, when that started to happen for you guys? Great question. Um, so, and I would have to say, I'm going to take it back to my, so my father-in-law, Jim Kalsovic, was, I'll call him kind of the HR manager, if we want to give it a title. Um, Jim worked the office side of things a lot. He he did the onboarding, he did the hiring, um, you know, um, he brought people onto the company. So Jim kind of started that um, a long time ago and had that culture a little bit. Um, two, two components. One, they started working with paychecks the company paychecks, I'm going to throw a couple out there, but we started working with them 27 years ago. And through that relationship of just saying, we're not going to do payroll in-house. We're going to have a, a, you know, an arm's length. Somebody who's going to take care of third party specializes in that. Um, And through them, then we started working with Pinnacle Assurance for workman's comp insurance. Um, Right now, they're the number one that we've been able to find that handles ag. Um, there aren't a lot. There's not a lot of us, right? right. So there's not a lot of p- companies that handle it that way. Um, through that workman's comp relationship, they have really worked with us to develop tools, techniques. And one of the big components um, that we started 15 years ago was a thing called cost containment. So cost containment is basically a program or being involved in a certification that is about being safe and having safety on the farm. And when you have a cost containment certification, it takes about a year to acquire a cost containment. Um, They want to see that you're having safety meetings. They want to see that you have a safety protocol. Do you have designated providers? Do you have a process for safety? When you put that safety process in place, um, it does a couple things. One, it it makes you think about it, right? There's things we don't always think about from a safety perspective, which has helped us put in place this culture through our cost containment certification. It also provides some discounts and some participation. Um, through Pinnacle, they have an incredible website with thousands and thousands of safety videos, safety training tools. Um, so did know, I hear that right? If you get trained, basically, and pass maybe this, you know, some of these courses and show that you have safety protocols in place, you can get a discount sometimes on your insurance. You, correct. You ah, do. There okay. is a, there's a discount on a couple. might not be and as something bad. we didn't even know about, our, our workman's comp was really high. It's because I'm, I'm listening <laughs> to everything you, you see. I'm, like, I'm going I'm to go home and like show my crew. All right. Well, so a couple of p- components of that. One, just working towards cost containment, and they will they work with you. They want you to have that safety process in place. There's a discount. There, hey, you're showing that you want to be safe. We're gonna we're gonna incentivize you to do that. Um, Makes sense. Having designated providers. So I had no idea. Just by saying these are the four places I'm gonna pick to take my employees, and I know when I call this medical clinic, they know who Calcific Farms is. They have my information. I say, here's my number, and we're gonna get your people in because that's our designated locations. Um, you get a discount for that. I had no idea. I didn't it know that great. either. So this um, is cool. So having designated providers on your workman's comp is additional. Then maintaining that safety, uh, that cost containment, every three years, 
they come in and they audit you and say, are you doing what you said you were going to do? Are you having meetings? Are you still training people on safety? Um, how many accidents have you had um, is also another component of that. So you get what's called an experience mod through that national directory of, of how are you doing safety-wise is probably the best way to do it. Um, when, when I had started, our experience mod was really high. We had a lot of accidents on the books. They weren't getting cleared off. There weren't things being, they weren't going to an, a designated provider. So by doing that, we have lowered what we call our experience mod at almost a whole point. And that, again, then leads to... Um, discounts on your premiums on your and premiums like, right and so it's, it's so i hope all the farmers are listening to this if you're a farmer or rancher write this down because i just did because <laughs> you just taught me something there that's great Thanks. no that's great so there's good reason it's not just like oh god here we go again some more paperwork what do they want to know now why are they asking this about me um again safety should just be part of what we do and it's not it's not hard yeah, you need to fill out a form. And um, one of the things, so we've talked about, do we have meetings and stuff? Every Monday, our team meets in the back shop in a big circle, and we say, okay, what is the plan this week? The whole team? The or whole just team? the managers? Well, so the managers on Mondays meet at 630 okay. and kind of talk about the plan. Gotcha. And then the whole team, everybody, um, meets together in the shop. That's how you can tell they're not bankers, right? Because they're <laughs> up at 630. Right. Sorry. And so our meeting is at <laughs> 7 in the back shop, and everybody's there. And um, and one of the components from that safety, I take a form, and we all write down, you know, this is who was here, this is the time, this was the topic, here was the meeting leader. And, and we talk about, yes, where is everybody going to be and what are we doing? But we all say, okay, there's construction, road construction in these places. You're going to want to slow down. Um, we know there's going to be shutdowns here. Um, by the way, the, with the heat temperatures this week, we talk about the weather. Take your water. Do this. So it's considered a safety meeting as well. Those meetings we're having are, are about safety if right. we think about it that way. But the, the other difference, it's also I'm, making a I'm plan. writing it down and saying we met, and this is what we did as we talk about documentation. It's not hard if you don't make it hard. Right. It, it's if you're mental, organized. It, you're obviously very organized. You, got, you have to be at some point, right? We right. all do. And, and farmers really are. They just don't think about it that way. How can you do all the things that they do? in the seasons and with the weather. I mean, Mother Nature's got to be the hardest woman to work for, right? <laughs> Maybe she's not a woman. I don't know. Person. No, I <laughs> uh, love uh, it. Gender neutral. <laughs> um, nature is the hardest thing to work for. Um, and so farmers really are organized. It's just, again, saying, oh, I'm going to take a piece of paper and make 10 copies. It's going to get me through the next quarter. And every time we get together, we're going to sign who was there, what's going on. And we talked about these things. And that's my safety meeting. It sets you up for success for the whole rest of the week. And and then just being able to say who is where, what's going on, um, it, I think it helps everybody be on the same page. That's awesome. And now the relationship that you have with your providers, do you mean like certain individuals or is that part of the whole just just meeting with, with them? Um, so I'm going to... I totally digressed again Please. here, but um, when we talk about relationships, having a good relationship with your workman's comp provider, whoever that is, your insurance company is important, and even those medical providers is important, that when you call up, they go, oh, hey, Danelle, how's it going? Um, that's part of having a good relationship, and it's not necessarily an individual person, because as we know in the industry today, people come and people go. Things change, right. um, and we saw that greatly this last year. People I'd worked with for 20 years aren't doing it anymore. COVID changed that. Yes, um, but I think just having a good 
a good reputation and a good relationship with any one of those vendors is important. No, that makes sense. And I, I like that. Um, I like that you compared it to being able to call somebody up and have them know your name, know exactly who you work with, and then you've kind of got that familiarity with them as well. So talk to me a little bit about safety on the road. So you've got a safety, you know, safety takes on many forms. The the meetings, for example, you talked about, um, you know, that's one form of safety. Going over some of the more common things based on the time of year. Um, you mentioned summertime and the heat and sunburns and bug bites, <laughs> you know, which which are great examples of what we're dealing with right now. And it's it's warm in Colorado right now. But talk to me about how that compares to different places that people may have equipment. So there's safety issues with getting on and off the tractors. There's safety issues with people in the field. Um, your daughter was telling me a little bit about walking through and picking out rides. Like, I was like, holy cow. She's like, oh, yeah, my mom's there. You know, dad's everybody. The whole family. We have, like, people lined up. So I was like, Wow, that's pretty cool. But just walking through in a line and, you know, picking out one bad piece of, you know, <laughs> one, one piece of rye that's not supposed to be in the wheat field. Um, talk to me a little bit about the different types of safety. And do you have separate meetings with people on these things? Or, you know, like even the training, how to, you know, I'm sure you've hired people. I know I have. I had a guy last week, he'd never cut hay before in his life. And, you know, I'm like showing him everything from, you know, shut off the PTO before <laughs> you do this. And here's how you check and replace blades and, you know, on the cutters, blah, blah, blah. How do you go through and how do you, I guess what I'm trying to say is how do you compare safety or how do you train people on different things as well as different areas that they may be? Good question. I'm pondering that the response here. Oh, no problem. <laughs> um, again, when we've got a new person coming on, I think that onboarding and that setting the expectation of right. here are certain things and how we do them. Um, and the way that this was laid out was great. We've got safety in the yard. You've got safety on the road. You've got safety in the field. Those are some key components that, that are, are really critical and just setting that up for, for somebody Um one of our key things in the yard. Let's just start there. Speed, right? Speed kills. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's a yeah. big one. I don't care if you're driving a gator. I don't care if you're driving a pickup or a tractor. There's no reason. We talk about five miles an hour. Is there a reason in the yard to drive any faster than that? Good, I, I, good point, but everybody's in a hurry. Everybody's so in a hurry. So you're right. And we, th- we want a sense of urgency. I get, I get urgency, and we want you to be moving and getting but, things done. But there's also a point that a 35 miles per hour coming around a building in a gator is not necessary. That's when accidents happen. So we talk about speed, keeping the speeds down. Let's do it. You know, no reason to go fast. Another thing we really put in place that has changed a lot. Fred, this is going to sound weird, right? But parking. Where do you park, and how do you park? Okay. It's a simple, a simple thing, right? Why do they put yellow lines in parking lots? <laughs> because if they didn't, people would park everywhere, right? That is so we've actually said, okay, we, as a new employee, here's where you park. It, whether you have two or 20, uh, your employee vehicles go here like this. And that way, also, when I get there, I, oh, they're here, they're here. I know who's there in the morning. And I'm going to park a certain way, and they're going to park a certain way. So that it starts with when they get to work, where do they park? And then when you're moving a tractor, when the tractor gets pulled up to the building, how do you park it? When you back it up, what do you do? 
backing up, we tell people, don't ever back up unless you absolutely have to. That's when accidents <laughs> that is, happen. That's so oh. true. So reverse is the best. <laughs> barn doors the, get uh, hurt. And, and tractors, <laughs> you, you just the visual from behind you is not there. Um, we have what we call the WA, the walk around. Just do it. I don't care what, if you think you were the last person behind it, maybe you weren't. When you've got people, they set a creeper on the ground, they've got a tool, maybe they're still laying under there, airing something up. Before you get in and you back that up, or even pull forward, do a WA. Just walk around it and make sure. Um, We've also done some things. We've added flashing lights and some beepers. They're not expensive. Oh, right. <laughs> and somebody hears that thing start beeping. Um, so They're going to move. They're going to move. <laughs> and then a honk. Like when we're on a, especially we do a lot of washing of equipment, and you have to back out of the wash bay, there's a double honk. Beep, beep. I'm backing up. It's a, just a signal. And Simple process. Honk your horn twice. I'm backing up. You probably saw me smile at Jesse. Because I, literally what you just said about reverse, just alone, just the reverse that's huge. I, I got to tell you a little story. I got to jump okay. in here. Two days ago, Mark, and I'm, I'm sharing this with Jesse too, but one of our guys, we have probably like you guys, you know, horse and, horses, cattle. We have feigning goats, which are hysterical, by the way. Don't have any of those. Sorry. Oh, they're the funny. <laughs> no, no. If you scare them, they pass out. Funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. Watch a video. I'm telling you, it's hysterical. Chickens and a little bit of everything. And everybody shares chores. We have hounds and all that stuff. You're a busy but guy. <laughs> I was pulled, yeah, I pulled up the other day. And I was doing the chickens and the dogs, and Mark came up on a four-wheeler. And Mark had stopped behind me. I wasn't, you know, I, I, I saw him pull up, but he came up, talked to me, blah, 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 and then Mark left. I assume Mark had got on the four-wheeler and taken off. And this was why it hit home with me when you said reverse. And I looked at Jesse because I was like, oh, my gosh. In my own truck, in my own yard, I literally put my truck in reverse, and I'm backing up. And all of a sudden, the four-wheeler comes, like, out of nowhere. Like, he had parked it close to behind my truck, and how I didn't hit it was just lucky. But it's so funny. When you brought up reverses when accidents happen, I think there's not – everybody can relate to that, whether they're driving a piece of equipment, whether they're driving a truck, four-wheeler, anything. So that just really hit home with me because I'm like, wow, you just said that, and I'm like – it's wow, so there's, true, though. There's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and so that thing applies. All, uh, yes, it applies in the yard, but it also applies in the field. So parking, parking, parking. Where do you park? How do you park? Why do you park? The, never park a service wagon behind a tractor or a combine <laughs> or a sprayer. And and they still do it. It makes me crazy. You can see if you could see my hand like I'm like I'm making fists at everybody in the room because it, it, why why park behind somebody? It's uh, like looking for an exit. Exactly. And so even like when we service during our wheat harvest, they're gonna pull the wagon up beside it and they're gonna fuel beside. They're gonna get tools out beside. We're not going to park behind it even when everybody's out servicing. It's just good practice. And again, so if you can set precedences and set that thing, um, do your WA. Yeah, it's a CYA for the WA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? So making the sure they're, they're parking, you're walking around, um, making sure things are park, parking, parking, parking. So some of the things have really hit me, in, and, and, and I love it, the safety, the culture. 
you know, the things that you're saying are, are just good practices. And it's funny because I'm, you've seen me, I'm taking some notes. <laughs> the insurance thing was huge. I think almost everybody could probably learn from that. And I wasn't aware, uh, you know, of course, I'm going to go back and look at my ag insurance and go, okay, what, <laughs> who are we working with? <laughs> we need to check out this other company. Um, but, you know, people that specialize, I think you said people that specialize in ag or, or farm insurance, that just makes sense to work with somebody like that. Yeah, it really does make a difference. And working to say, just understanding your experience mod, what is it and what can I do to make it better? Sometimes it's as simple as a phone call and saying, that accident was has been off of there for two years. Why is it still, we closed it, just closing those out, getting them off the record. Um, and then again, some very simple things, designating some providers, having that um, on your radar can, can be a big help. Uh, huge points, all of them. The other one I want to ask you about, um, environmental safety. I'm not sure exactly, you know, that's, you know, talk to me a little bit about environmental safety. Or does that kind of basically run through everything we just talked about? I think I think that's a big piece of that. Um, Do you have a favorite piece of John Deere equipment? Well... I, th- I just threw that out there because I have a favorite piece. I didn't know if you have a, like, do you have, if, out of everything, it could be the Gator, could be one of the large tractors, could be sprayer, could be... Uh, I have combine, t- can I have two? Can I have two favorites? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, you can have two. I'm going I'm to start on one side because I love, we have a new Z-Track mower. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Those things are magical. Your daughter's laughing right now because she's going, yeah, Asia mom loves that. All right. Asia uh, was actually, she got to unload the Z-Track, and then I got to drive it. it. I drove it this week. It is an amazing piece of mowing equipment. So I love the Z-Track, a little bit smaller, but the sprayers we have a couple of the John Deere sprayers on the farm and they, their efficiency and their technology. Most people do not realize that in those sprayers, every single spray nozzle has its own IP address. I think that is so incredible. <laughs> that is absolutely. So I want to talk to you. I, I there's, I'm going to let a little bit of the cat out of the bag here because you've brought up technology a lot. And I love that you've talked about using technology and the tractor. So you can keep track of, Who's where? You know what I mean? You've talked about safety, you know what I mean? And the safety component of that, you know, oh, I don't know. I guess you could say computer-based stuff that you can take a look at, see where your guys are at, see what the tractors are running, see what they're doing, the GPS things. But you guys are running a piece of equipment that's pretty incredible. Now, I was talking to the guys at Four Rivers, and they were like, yeah, these guys have something that's pretty amazing. And I love that both John Deere and Four Rivers do this. They test out equipment before it ever gets in the hands of people that are going to buy it. Um, they take it to places where they run it through the mill. And, you know, Ryan, you know, a mm-hmm. friend of both of ours at Four Rivers, you know, he used to test John Deere equipment. Uh, he probably, did you know that? I did. He used to beat it up. I'm like, what a cool job. I would love that job. So he used to, like, drive stuff around. And, you know, if there was an issue, he would tell John Deere and they would repair it or fix it or come up with a different fix for it before it ever Got out before it ever made it to market. But you guys have a sprayer that he was like, Fred, this thing is artificial intelligence. He was trying to explain it to me. And he's like, like it sees a weed. It identifies what it is. And it sprays it. So tell me a little bit about this piece of equipment and how cool that is. So, Fred, I'm going to tie that right back to your question about environmental. Okay. And the the new technology, this this sprayer that's on the farm right now, called the, we call it the sea and spray. I think that's what John Deere calls the it. Also. Spray? The I sea like and spray. It. it sees a weed, it sprays the weed, but it goes all the way back to the environmental stewardship that farmers and John Deere and partners have for 
for for our environment, for the land. Um, I don't want to spray a, a chemical if I don't have to. One, what? it's expensive. Two, why spray stuff if I don't need to? So this technology in this sprayer, where it can be going at speeds up to 12 miles an hour and see a weed, know what it is, and then apply the exact amount, it, it is off the charts. It's NASA type stuff in the field for farmers. Um, it is going to revolutionize and change the the spray weed mitigation world for farmers. And with less spray and less chemical, less everything. I mean, it just I can't say enough great things. And to see this kind of technology, we we hold them in our hands every day, right? We have this incredible thing we call a cell phone that does everything from take a picture, show us a movie, and, and I can Google a podcast and listen to Fred. <laughs> but now I'm going to be able to implement this kind of technology in a piece of equipment that's running 120 feet across a field. And when you're talking thousands of acres, this is the, the speed and the technology to not have to spray so much and exactly kill a weed. It is incredible. That's a game changer. Like it's you said, it's, na- it's NASA type technology. Yeah. And that's, that, that to me blows me away. And, and it shows me where farming's going. And, and the stewardship of the land you just brought up is huge. Um, and all the farmers and, you know what I mean? Cattlemen listen to this, understand that. Um, it's sad that I think a lot of the general public don't, but it's our right. backyard. I mean, why would we want to do anything that would hurt it? We live there. You know what I mean? We exactly. love the animals. We love the plants. You know what I mean? We, lo- we love the crops. We're proud of the stuff that we grow. So anything that helps us, you know, to mean take care of that property or the land. It's our. It is our home. Right. I mean, it, we. It, it's like anybody. When you have a, a beautiful place, you want to take care of it. And and I feel like that partnership with John Deere and with Four Rivers and and bringing that um, that test machine into our environment has been just a, a really cool partnership. There, um, we currently run some of the other sprayers, and so to be able to have them side by side and being able to work with the technology in the current, what's the technology going to be in the new, and then say, uh, you know, this really does work or this does not work. Um, and being able to, to test that on our place has been just a really exciting, exciting partnership. Where do you guys see Kelsevic Farms? What, what's, what's your goal? I mean, as you guys, as, as it goes forward, because you guys see, I mean, anytime um, you're dealing with commodities, you know what I mean, they fluctuate huge you know what i mean and we've seen you know corn and wheat and you know what i mean okay you know look at cattle prices you know what i mean and i know you guys run cattle too and you know we've seen all kinds of you know ups and downs. remember when bottle fed calves were going for like a thousand dollars you know what i mean what eight seven eight years ago you know there's, there's been all kinds of variations what are you guys doing um this is a little bit off the subject of safety but where do you see yourselves in you know five to ten years and what are you guys doing to help kind of track those commodities? Just, you know, if you can help somebody else out with some tips on what you guys do to go, okay, this is what we're going to plant this year, or, or this is how many fields we're going to put in production with this. How do you guys keep track of that? I, so for us, for how many hundreds of years that's been wheat? Wheat is, we have a stable. We have a some, do something you know, and then based on, markets and based on weather and based on um, things in your environment, I think you have to then be selective. Is it going to be Milo this year? Is it going to be Millet? Um, I think a big thing we also do there, Fred, is we really try to work other crops as a way to enhance our other crops. So if we're seeing a lot of weed pressures in certain areas, we might throw a Milo crop behind a wheat 
to help mitigate weeds, or we might put some cattle on some corn stalks to help with feed, depending on feed prices. Um, I, I really think you have to be flexible, you have to be agile, and you have to be willing to really research and see where things are at is what we do. Um, we've had wheat as that stable for a long time, and then we do things to enhance the wheat and enhance the markets. So that's your specialty, and, and basically everything you're doing, including this new sprayer, is to just take make a better wheat crop. Correct. And the main thing. Yeah. I have learned a lot sitting here. Thank you so much. I literally, I can't thank you enough. So, and I hope a lot of people garnish a lot of that stuff, you know, not only the safety issues, uh, but also the stuff like the insurance, you know, working with somebody that works specifically with ag and, and farm stuff, um, the safety meetings um, that can also give you a break on your premiums if you go through the right company and, and work with them. And, you know, it sounds like you're working with somebody that does and then get somebody, um, you know, like a Four Rivers Equipment uh, that's operating through John Deere is, you know, one of their larger you know, distributors that'll work with you and help you come out and figure out what's going to be best on your farm. Well, and I, I really want to thank you for your time today. It's been just magical to meet you and to, to actually see you in person. But I do believe that, again, if you can create a great partnership with good good companies, good people that are going to help you from every level with equipment that is safe and equipment that's working well and doesn't need work done as much or they can help you do that is a, is a key component. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. I'm going to apply some of this stuff on our place for sure. I appreciate it. Thanks.